1: if what's important to you is being fun and spontaneous, like it's, it's, it sounds crazy when I say it, but like just budget for being fun and spontaneous.
2: Hello and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Giddey and I am a certified financial planner and I am here with my expert, uh, Jessica Roy, who is an assistant editor at the LA Times. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. So um, I feel like I just stumbled across you because of my editor for the podcast, and you're doing some really exciting things. You just launched something with the LA Times. So I wanted to talk about um, what you're launching, your event that's coming up, and then uh, kind of how you got to this spot. So I figured maybe we could start with an intro, your background in journalism and, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Sure I'd be happy to. Um I have been at the LA Times for almost 7 years. I joined the audience engagement team, the social media team back in 2015 as a contractor and then worked my way up to full time. And then about a year and a half ago we launched this new team around service journalism that we call the utility team and I'm part of that.
2: Very nice, very nice. And so you write about all sorts of things, but you you do have a focus on personal finance and you are just launching the Totally Worth It newsletter. I think you already sent out your first one, I believe.
1: Yes, the first one went out on January 1st.
2: So I'll back up a little bit. I
1: am a self-taught personal finance and budgeting person, and I am a weird acolyte about it. I talk about it all the time. And some of my friends had said, well, could you maybe like walk us through the software that you use and like how you budget and like your your tips and things like that? Cause I was always uh, sharing my, my fun little life hacks. And I said, sure. And because I'm an extremely fun and cool friend, I made a PowerPoint presentation for them that I put together with a bunch of like screenshots and like fun GIFs and stuff. And and then I, I thought, I was like, gosh, I wish so much That someone had told me this stuff when I was 22 and I didn't get into a bunch of stupid credit card debt like I did and then have to learn this all myself. And so we have a great internship and fellowship program at the Los Angeles Times for young journalists. And I approached the people who run it and said, I made this extremely fun PowerPoint, like all PowerPoints are. Um, and I would be so happy to give it to the interns as like a voluntary Zoom thing that they could come see. And so I tweaked it a little bit and made it a little geared more toward people who are early career okay. um, and gave it to them. And it got really, really good feedback. I've given it to a few classes of interns uh, and it's gotten, yeah, just people have said it's one of their favorite Things that they've done, you know, in terms of like these voluntary presentations that we give, which is really great feedback to get about something that's about budgeting Uh, (laughs) that talks about like how fun it is to get coupons for the grocery store in the mail. Um, And then our business editor found out about it. And he was like, why is this an internal thing? Why don't we put this on our website? Why Why don't we have this for like readers to access? And I said, I'll do one better and I'll turn it into a newsletter. And so I did.
2: That's awesome. Okay. So this started, so I think your personal finance journey, correct me if I'm wrong, started back in, is it 2017? Mm -hmm. And you were just like, okay, I can't continue living like this. I need to make a change.
1: I woke up on New Year's Day, 2017. And I am a big New Year's resolution person. I love setting New Year's resolutions. And I've stuck to several in the past, annoyingly. Um, I had one where I wanted to get really into reusable grocery bags, which I did. I had one where I wanted to learn to cook more, which I did. And so I woke up and I was like, I am so sick of being stressed about money. I'm so sick of like trying not to think about it, but then like not really wanting to check my bank balance. But then like knowing I had, it, it wasn't like a huge insurmountable mountain of debt. But it there was debt and it kept kind of adding up. And I just kept making the minimum payments and thinking there would be some date in the future when I would make so much more money that I would simply wipe it all out and, and never think about it again. And I was 30 years old and I had not reached that point. And it was slowly becoming clear to me that I was not going to reach that point uh, under any likely circumstances. And so I woke up and I was like, I'm over it. I'm over being stressed about money. I'm over tossing and turning and thinking about when I'm going to get serious about this. And so I'm going to get serious about it right now.
2: That's amazing because I feel like it's really easy with personal finance to – ignore it because it's not an immediate problem. So it's not like your car breaks down or you have a toothache and you have to solve immediately. You can just say, okay, I'm going to deal with that next week or next month or later, and you can keep postponing it. Totally. I compared it to
1: um, to mental health almost. It's like, because it's just sort of a background chronic thing where you're like, I should really probably like take care of that and talk to someone about that or do some like productive Googling, or read a a book about it. But then you never quite circle around to the emergency part, where you're like, I I need to get it done. And so part of the newsletter, part of the reason I launched it on January first, was for all the people who feel the same way, who are like, you know what, new year, new me, I am making a resolution, and I am sticking to it this time. And I wanted to be like, and here is a guide for you.
2: Yeah, and I love that it's a newsletter, because I feel like you don't see that as often. I feel like right now, a lot of online classes are really popular. So I like that it's a newsletter, and it's So it basically, so it started as a PowerPoint for your friends, which I love because I'm a big fan of PowerPoint and Excel spreadsheets and my friends and I use Excel spreadsheets uh, (laughs) often. So I love that it started as a PowerPoint for your friends and then, so then it moved internally, organically, just that you could share the wealth, Mm -hmm. literally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
2: With the interns and then it took it from there. So that's pretty incredible that it just all happened by itself. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then when you were on your personal finance journey, were you already writing about personal finance as well or is that kind of no. what sparked okay
1: no i um i had written i had written a story in maybe this was that Sith might have been 2016 2017 i was aware of personal finance coverage i was someone who was interested in it but so much personal finance coverage out there especially for people in their 20s and 30s is like glowing CNBC profiles of like 23-year-olds purchasing their first investment property and maxing Mm -hmm. out their 401ks and Roth IRAs. And I didn't know what the difference between those was. Um, And so like that person... Uh, seemed so far away from any mm-hmm. realm of possibility for me that the stories were more or like the money diaries and refinery 29 yeah. where they're like i make seven hundred thousand dollars a year and this week i bought a pied-a-terre in paris like so like these fantasy people like um, hg
2: tv people that everybody has like a 1.5 million dollar budget yeah, exactly for i'm so a for kindergarten teacher
1: and my yeah. husband sells harmonicas and our budget is five million dollars yeah. in manhattan yeah. Um, and we need it to have a pool. Um, yeah. So it felt like these strange fantasy figures or like Catholic saints that one might look up to who had lived these incredible, miraculous lives, but like not super relevant to me.
2: Right. Um, so time no, time. I
1: did not write about personal finance. I was interested in it as a topic, but it was very abstract.
2: Oh, this is really interesting. So you've done a lot in five, in we're coming, what, exactly five years. Yes. That's incredible. And so, the, so the newsletter. Tell me, talk me through kind of the format, because I think our listeners would be super interested. Because I like the fact that it's a weekly newsletter, and there's an objective at the end of it. So you want to kind of talk us through what it what it covers. Sure.
1: Yeah. It's funny. It was I was brainstorming it with my editor, and he's like, "Well, what sort of topics would we want?" And I did like a bullet point list in over Slack with him, and then it ended up those were just what the topics ended up being. So when I started, I googled like how to budget and budgeting software and picked one called you need a budget that I still use and that I still really, really love. And the first two weeks are about uh, it's making the first week is making a budget. So how to, how to put your budget together. And it's not only YNAB I talk about, there are free options. There are other paid options. Some people are wizards who are capable of doing it all from an Excel spreadsheet. I'm not one of them, but go with God. Uh, (laughs) And so I, I talk about sort of the principles of budgeting. And if you pick Wine app, every dollar, mint, whatever, They're, they mm-hmm. all have sort of their own quirks. Um, and from there I go into the second week is maintaining a budget because part of me felt like on that day, January 1st, I made my budget um, and it was all very aspirational that I was going to be just, you know, New Year's day. I was going to be a totally <laughs> new person who spent like $70 a month on groceries and couponed everything and canceled all my subscriptions and memberships and, and only, you know, got free DVDs from the trash and watched those. Um, so really the, uh, unfortunately, although, Tackling it on that first day is daunting. The real work is maintaining the budget. Yeah. I try to talk about tweaking it and moving things around and, and dealing with feeling like, well, okay, I spent over my $70 on groceries. Have I screwed it all up and should I throw this whole thing in the trash? Mm-hmm. And realizing that that was not failing at budgeting, that just was budgeting. Yeah, uh, that was part of it. And in YNAB, they call it rolling with the punches. And I sort of talk about, yeah, like moving money around and stuff. That's just part of it. And from there, I, every week I sort of set another frustrating thing when I was getting into budgeting was how much of it was just about budgeting. But I thought, well, how do I like pay off my debt? How do I know how much I have left to pay off my debt? And how do I save up for fun stuff? And what do I need to be doing with my with these Roth IRA 401k like what are those and what do I yeah. need to do with those <laughs> um, and so I have another week called like talking about your financial future and all that okay. other stuff i will talk about emergency fund and how important that is and the difference between like saving up for an emergency fund like a rainy day job loss type thing versus saving up for something like car repairs that you know yep. is going to happen and like it's an emergency when your car needs to be repaired but you knew your car was going to need to be repaired. It's
2: not, it's not a surprise. Right. It's not like a COVID emergency. <laughs>
1: right. Right. It's not like you're, you walked in to work one day and found the, you know, the doors were padlocked and you don't have a job anymore. Like,
2: yeah, we knew that, that you were going to need tires or a transmission or something.
1: Right. Or like my dog turns 15 next month and much like the timing belt on the car, the ACL on the old dogs, that's going to blow eventually.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so you go through almost like kind of I guess you would call it like your foundation. So if mm-hmm. you are in the beginning stages of your personal finance journey, I don't want to tie it to an age because it doesn't matter what age you yeah. are. You could you could always be in the beginning stages, and you're not one of those aspirational money diaries HGTV people. <laughs> then this can kind of help guide you through setting up a budget, understanding what it is, how to stick with, because I, I agree with you. I think sticking with it is the hardest part. I also feel like budget gets such a bad rap and it's critical to know how much money is coming in and where it's going out and making sure you can repurpose those dollars coming in to help achieve what your overall goals are. Really? Um, so if you call it cash flow or budget, I feel like it doesn't matter as long as you're you know, in charge of where your money is going all the way through kind of getting yourself set up with investing for the future. Mm-hmm. And it's free to sign
1: up. Yeah, it's free to sign up and yeah. it lands in your inbox for free. Um, yeah, free for everyone.
2: That's awesome. shouldn't be a
1: paywall on the sign up page. If you get a paywall, send me a message on Twitter. We, that's supposed to be down. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> and they can just go, we can link it um, in the show notes where they can go to sign up for it. Um, mm-hmm. But just curious, so you weren't ever a writer in personal finance. So did you ever expect that you now would be, you know, an expert in personal finance? No, I
1: absolutely, five years ago, five years and what, six days ago, I um, yeah. did not expect that within a half decade, I would be like debuting my LA Times personal finance newsletter. No, I went into this, a <laughs> journalist who wrote about stuff, um, and then who also got into personal finance. It was all a very uh, or- organic journey for me.
2: And what about your journey? What was the thing, the aspect of personal finance that you you found the hardest for yourself? And then what did you Find that the easiest, maybe, that you were surprised that it was going to be easy?
1: The hardest thing was there were some times where I would open up my budget and frown at it and be like, How does tracking how little money I have help me? Like, why am I even bothering to do this and stress out about what I bought from Amazon and what little bucket envelope thingy category that it goes into? like how is it helping me be wealthier and have more money just to have a big screen staring back at me being like you don't have money and you can't get takeout um so and and you know what i realized over time is especially because i was tackling debt you know when you get serious about that those big numbers go down and then over mm-hmm. time you get more money. I, one of the things I prioritized, which I know is not, not how I talk about how there are different methods to approach debt paid on. I don't think there is one right one, avalanche, you know, snowball, whatever. One thing I really wanted to do was get my car paid off early. That was okay. not my highest interest debt. That was not my highest amount of debt that I owed at that point because I was almost done paying it off. But I really wanted that 300 bucks a month back. Yeah, I really, really, really wanted, And I really wanted the psychological win of being like, yes, it's done. That one, I can just cross off. And then I had that mm-hmm. extra $100 a month to right. throw at other stuff. And then I realized, like, oh, it's like this cascading yes. waterfall effect where I have more money at the end of this rules. Um, I think the easiest thing for me or one of the sort of like best discoveries that I made was I taking the budget, you know, setting up the budget takes a ton of time to start yep. with and then you maintain it and then i realized after a while i was just logging in for like 10 15 minutes a couple times a week categorizing what my little transactions were moving my little envelopes of digital money around and i was actually spending less time on my money and thinking about my money because it was all like i was actively doing it instead of lying awake at night being like god am i ever going to why do i have so much on that chase card what did i what did i spend it on where did that money go why do I owe so much? Why does it keep coming? Why do they keep mailing me about it every month? It was very stressful. Um, this sort of like passive background radiation in friction was taking up a lot more of my time and mental energy than it was to being like, I am going to sit down and open up my budget and categorize my stuff and then not think about it. It's done.
2: Yeah. You spent that 10, 15 minutes and you're like, now it's out of, you check the box kind of mentally to be like, it's out of my mind. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So that was actually the easier part that you wouldn't have suspected going into it, that once you got everything set up, like anything, setting things up in the beginning always takes more time initially to you get it organized. But then once mm-hmm. it was organized, it actually freed up a lot of your mental space. Absolutely. Time and mental space, totally. Oh, that's incredible. Um, what do you think um, after now you've been doing this five years, you've hit a lot of your goals, I believe, that you've set five years ago, right? Yes, absolutely.
1: Well, you know, and I try to be clear about this throughout the newsletter, not everyone's journey is going to look the same as me, but I have have advantages that other people don't have. I don't think any kind of personal finance advice is a panacea for things like crushing student debt loan and, you know, housing burdens. I was very fortunate when I graduated from college, I found a rent control department in West Hollywood, which is unusual. And so my rent only went up like 170 bucks over 10 years like I refused to leave that place until <laughs> I had finished paying off debt and saved up for a house and so like there was an advantage right there that I was just something I kind of lucked into and that's certainly not the case for everyone and so so yes we paid off all of our consumer we had to be had you know put, one of the frustrating things when I first started was I was married and my husband and I didn't make a ton of money but we made like decent we both work like creative white collar desk jobs but we didn't make a you know a a massive boatload of money but like we weren't both working minimum wage but a lot of people are in partnerships or living alone working minimum wage yep and yeah that's a much a much much bigger struggle so we were already in in that better place um it it was why i talk about this in the newsletter but i was like i feel like we make too much money for me to for us to feel bad all the time um (laughs) and so i you know We came from that very fortunate place, but yes, we were able to pay off. We had two cars that we, you know, we each had a car and we paid off our cars. We paid off all of our credit card debt. We saved up for a house and with a a very, very generous gift from my parents as well. In addition to what our savings were. Yeah, we bought our first condo in uh, June of 2020. That's awesome. And we're having a baby like any minute. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Literally any minute, which is why this is going to be a special episode um so we can get this in before the baby comes great (laughs) that's amazing but no i think you're absolutely right i think you bring up a valid point that isn't talked about a lot that everyone's personal finance journey is so personal which is why it's personal finance not a different type of finance that does everyone has different situations even if you take the same person with the same income your uh, perception of money your your standpoint on money and how it affects you will be totally different. Even if everything looks identical, like you said, paying off the car for you is a priority, even though if somebody else had the same financial situation, maybe that wouldn't be their priority. But at the end, it's all about making sure you get to the goals that you want to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's finding those wins and
1: finding those things where you're like, yes, I got the car paid off and I got my 300 bucks a month back. And probably if I had gotten out a big calculator and done the math and figured out my highest interest debt and prioritized that one first, I would have saved a little money in the long run. But the the psychological win was
2: worth it for me. Yeah, I think when you're kind of buckling down and trying to change your whole financial trajectory, getting those wins along the way, at least for me, I would agree that I would want that earlier. Mm -hmm. So what, so after five years, writing a newsletter, you're hosting event, which we'll talk to in a little bit, what, do you have a favorite area? I know we talk a lot about budgeting, but do you have a, a favorite personal finance area? One that's like you gravitate towards more than others? Yes. Um, my favorite
1: is helping people save up for big stuff. Oh. I I talk about this in the newsletter, but like in 2018, my whole mom side of the family decided to do Christmas in London, and we were not done with our debt journey. But I knew I really, really wanted to go, and it was a once in a lifetime trip, and I would have been so mad if I didn't go. And so I figured out for the first time ever, I started a new spreadsheet. And figured out like breaking down like, well, how much would the plane tickets be? How much would the hotel cost? How much would we want to spend on like, you know, museum tickets and restaurants and whatever? And then figured out what that number was gonna be. This was in like March for dripping Christmas. Okay. And then broke it down and saw that if every time we got paid, I put a little bit towards budgeting and thought of it like I thought of it like another bill. Okay. Like every month before I could assign my fun money for like going out to eat and buying random crap from the internet and stuff, that I had to also prepay myself for this vacation. Mm-hmm. By the time we got on the plane for the trip, like the vacation was totally paid for. And that was something that before I got into budgeting, I would have just stressed out about it a lot and then put it all on a credit card and been like, I'll figure this out later.
2: Yeah, future um, problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I love being able to tell people, like, I know there are a lot of personal finance gurus who are very hardcore about if you are in debt you get nothing else. You live like a monk. You have to only think about that. You don't get to have any fun or even plan for the future. Like every spare penny has to be dedicated to that. I I think that mindset works for some people. It wouldn't have worked for me and I don't think it works for a lot of people. And so I really like being able to have this whole installment of the newsletter and to tell people like, you don't have to live horribly. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. You can still save up for like, like the whole, what's the whole point of doing any of this? What's the whole point of like, adding up what's in your cart at the grocery store and, you know, going to the library and buying frozen food instead of going out to eat with your friends. If you don't have a goal in mind, you know, being debt free is a nice goal to have, but like being able to say, I went on a once in a lifetime trip with my family. That's, that's why I did any of this other stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And do you think um, that's the reason why so many people put off the personal finance goals, right? Where they kind of stays in the background and they don't address it because of a lot of this rhetoric that if you have debt, you can't do anything. You shouldn't. Yes. You should stay home. (laughs) I gave the presentation to the interns recently
1: and I asked if people had any questions and one of them raised her hand and she's like, what, okay, what if I want to be a fun person, like a fun, spontaneous person? I said, I realize the fact that I wrote a budgeting newsletter um, belies this fact, but I am a fun person. And I have had spontaneous fun in my life before. And I don't think it's an either or. Um, It's, uh, you know, you just have to be like, I know I'm a person who wants to be able to say yes to brunch at the last minute. And so I'm going to build that flexibility into my dining out budget or I know I'm someone who every once in a while my girlfriends will be like guess what we're going to Tulum on Friday and venmo me and you just have to have a little like extra buffer built in for travel like you you just have to kind of like budgeting is just sort of designing what you want your life to look like and what's important to you and what's not and if what's important to you is being fun and spontaneous like it <laughs> sounds crazy when i say it but like just budget for being fun and spontaneous <laughs>
2: I love that. I I like what you just said that budgeting is about designing your life the way you want it to be. And I agree. And I do think that's such a reason why people kind of put off the personal finance journey because as you said, it's attainable for anybody. It doesn't matter what income or what circumstance anyone can get started on it, especially with all the free resources that we have available today, right? With the internet.
1: People think it's going to be horrible. They think it's going to be the financial equivalent of going on a hideous crash diet where they only eat like undressed kale leaves and drink black tea and have nothing else until they hit their goal weight. And it's really, I don't, I don't think that's sustainable as a diet and I don't think that's sustainable uh, as a budget.
2: No, definitely not. And I agree. You could, there's a way, and I think there always needs to be a balance because life is short. And so you can't, and I don't think it makes sense for, there are some people who are intense and I'm all about being intense for a month or two months and like saying, okay, for this quarter or for this period or season of my life, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to buckle down. But I agree, you wouldn't want to miss a a once-in-a-lifetime family vacation.
1: Right. I see people set, like, um, no-spend months where they say I'm only going to, like, pay my bills and minimum groceries and really, like, get creative and not spend money this month. And yeah, I think, yeah, that's like saying I'm going to work out every day for a month or, like, (laughs) I'm going to do... The, the whole thirty thing or whatever. Like if you want to yeah. try a short term thing, sure. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people are going to be successful living like a monk until yeah. all their debt is paid off, especially considering how debt burdened so many young people are.
2: Yeah, with student loans and credit cards and then Yeah, especially student loans. Especially women. Women hold the majority of student loan debt in our country. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Okay, so your favorite thing is setting goals for the long, the long term, right? Mm-hmm. And, and being a budgeting and being a fun person. Yeah, right, right. You don't want to like not get invites because people think you're like, oh yeah, she's always on a budget. She's they're always good to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, is there an area of personal finance that you find to be particularly predatory or that people should be cautious of that you've found in the last five years?
1: I think our health insurance system in this country is just so profoundly broken. I've said this on Twitter before, but having health insurance in America is like having a horrible part-time job where you have to make phone calls and send emails to get your insurance to pay for the things that you want them to pay for. Like you pay a premium, but then you have a deductible and then you pay your copay. And then you get a mysterious bill from a lab for like $70. That doesn't make sense. And then you get a denial letter from your health. I just think it's awful. I think there is a lot of information out there to help empower consumers to do things like health insurance, you know, a you know, appeal of denial and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a ton of work. I think it's very stressful. I think it's very, very hard. Um, and I think it's it, it's just something that is so critical that our government needs to address and and hasn't. I, I think that's a really, I think a lot of people have medical bills. A lot of people, if they look at their debt, it's an ER bill. It's a dentist bill. Um, dental insurance is just a scam, broadly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it just barely I, qualifies as insurance.
2: I finally got it. I've been trying to get it for years. Fun fact, which yeah, health insurance is hard, but it's a fun fact that I I have my favorite dentist and I've been going to he's a family friend. I know this year I got to go to him and I was like, guess what? And he's like, what? And I was like, I have dental insurance. And he was like, did you get married? I was like, no, I got it by myself.
1: <laughs> right. Like it's messed up that they're like, ooh, did you get married? That's like, as if it's a fancy perk as opposed to like bones in your body that require care. Well, um, he- I call, I knew I needed a lot of dental work and I thought maybe I'll... I'll hit my like out of pocket max and get it like all done in one fell swoop. And I called my dental insurance, like the number on the card and said, what is the out of pocket max? And she goes, the, the max that we'll pay is whatever it was like $2,500. I said, yep. no, no, no. What is like the max that I would pay? And she goes, oh, that doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's unlimited. <laughs>
1: she, la- she literally laughed at me. She was like, oh, that's not a thing.
2: Yeah. Health insurance, I agree. Health insurance is complicated. As an entrepreneur, I've not had access to dental insurance because, fun fact, um, they don't like to offer benefits to solo entrepreneurs. It's not as mm-hmm. easy as, a, you know, without being in a group or a larger larger employer. Um, yeah. And so I had always joked with my dentist, I was like, one day I'll find a man with dental insurance <laughs> and then we can do all the x-rays you want. <laughs>
1: Right, and so it feels horrible when people are like, "I have all these medical bills," or "I have yes. this prescription that my insurance keeps getting back to me," and it it, it just it. it I want to like help people and be like, "Here's this tip, and you can do it." And I said, "It's like, no, yeah, that's that's just awful. That's just a thing we have to put up with in America, um, and it's bad. Someone someone should really look into that."
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it is, in it, it definitely can be predatory, and it's complicated and time consuming, which is a, it's a pain. But then, as as you said, depending on your medical issues, you might have to set aside. More money if you know that you're going to be doing more out of pocket things, and
1: right, and that's depressing. I hate
2: being like I know because
1: you can save up for big vacations or you can have a cavity filled. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Or you get some-
1: it's like <laughs> not a super fun thing to save for. I get that.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. But that that's interesting. I was curious to see what area of, of personal finance. Okay, so so let's round it out with besides the signing up for the newsletter and learning about budgeting and planning for. Um, Upcoming fun things—you can still be a fun person, but get your finances in order. Uh, what does this event look like that's coming up? Sure. So we do a
1: series called "We Can Teach You That," where oh. people from the who work at the LA Times um, and occasionally outside experts too come in and talk about whatever their area of expertise is. We did one about like getting started in Hollywood. I did yeah. one last year about for people who are spending the holidays away from family how to do like fun Zoom holiday events and things like that. This year we did one. We actually had one on gift wrapping. Like a couple oh. of people on staff are incredible at it. I'm the least crafty person in the universe. So I didn't even watch it because I was like, that's not worth my time. Um, everybody's getting a gift bag with tissue on top of it. And that's as good as they can do they're going to get. But for others, I'm sure it was a great time. Um, and so, yeah, we did this series. And so when I launched this newsletter, Donna Wears, Who Runs the Week Teacher Teach You, that program reached out to me about it. And I'm basically going to give the presentation that I give to the interns. Um, okay. Teach a little bit more for the, for a, a broader audience. Um, I assume not everybody who's joining is 22 years old. Uh, so yeah, just talking about a lot of the stuff I cover in the newsletter, a little other stuff, talking about myself a little bit more and what
2: my journey was like, um, and yeah, folks can tune in. Perfect. So we'll link that. And so I always like to ask, and I'm sure you've done this, but I always like to ask if there's like a book that is a favorite book with, that helped with your personal finance journey or that you reference?
1: Sure, there are two. So I read a, okay. a ton of, I'm, I'm a big, I mean, it's, it's my job. I'm just a big research person. I'm a big, like, I'm going to take out eight books from the library and really get a handle on this. You should, my baby preparation book list is totally, absolutely insane. Um <laughs> My doula was very impressed by how much work I'd already done. Um, And so I did the same thing with budgeting and took out a zillion books from the library and found a lot that I didn't like. I found two that I did like. I like um, Jesse Meacham, the guy who created YNAB, has a book. I think it might just be called You Need a Budget. I'm not sure off the top of my head. That had a lot of good principles that had a lot of his journey. And he was a young Mormon father of five with a stay at home wife who was like still in college. And so his journey looks very different from mine. And he talks about how his fun money budget was like $5 a month so that he could buy a donut for himself sometimes. Oh, wow. Well, so a very different place, uh, just a whole different um, universe from, from where my budgeting journey came from, it's really interesting. The other book I like is Helene Olin's Pound Foolish. It's intensely depressing. It's about what a scam so much of the personal finance industry can be. Um, and, and she talks a lot about there are a lot of personal finance gurus out there who are like baby boomer age, and a lot of their advice is, I think, relevant relevant to just a different generation yep. and a lot of the tactics and thoughts they had like didn't resonate for me at all and I think aren't realistic anymore. might have like been the crackerjack way to to get ahead in like the 80s and 90s but now sounded insane and she really digs into that and about how much of the um Again, all very depressing about how like four hundred one ks aren't aren't weren't meant to replace pensions. I, I don't know. I guess it's not really so much a personal finance book where you're going to read it and be like, yeah, I can do this. So much yeah. as you're going to be like, wow, I'm I'm on my own here. The government, the government's like not super looking out for me, are they?
2: But but that's good though, right? Because there are certain areas of, of personal finance that I've you know we, we talked about health insurance being predatory, but there's other aspects of personal finance that can be predatory. So absolutely. I think that's good. What are they? I'm just curious. I've never had anyone say there's like books they didn't like. So what were the two that you didn't like? I did not care for Dave Ramsey's book.
1: Um, he tells people they can never declare for bankruptcy. He has declared for bankruptcy twice. And he also says, like, he doesn't want you to have a credit card at all. Like, ev- like, like ever. He doesn't want you to have a credit rating. Like he doesn't want you to yeah. exist to the credit bureaus, which is just like not real. Sorry, man, that's like not realistic anymore. Right. Um, If you need to rent a car or get an apartment or have an emergency a health emergency and need to get like access to care credit or something like you you, sh- you should really have a credit score um, and, and you should like pay attention to what it is um so that was unrealistic and I also he is a you should live like a monk and you he kept calling it um gazelle like intensity but never really explained what that meant he was big on telling you like big picture what you should do like minimize expenses but didn't never Never said, like, you should, like, my, in my newsletter, I talk about, like, you can call your credit card company and ask them to lower your interest rate. Like, you can just be yeah. like, I'm shopping around for a new card, and or I received an offer at this rate, um, and and I was wondering if you could match that, or I was just wondering if I was eligible for a rate change. And they will just say yes. Like, they, I just called and asked that, and they would, like, say yes to me, which was incredible. Um, I, I repeat <laughs> this line in my newsletter, but like money is fake, especially like interest stuff is fake. Um, and that's all very, like, if you ask nicely, they might just not charge it or not charge as much. Um, but he didn't have any of those. I wanted concrete tips. And he was very yep. big. I'm like, is like intensity? you got to cut expenses and have no extra. And I'm like, but what do I, what do I cut?
2: Right. I cut and a, how,
1: how
2: to, and,
1: yeah. Yeah. And how, and what are like, and so I would find myself like googling like how to save more money and end up on weird, scammy websites about like go through this third party power company and get like seven cents offer per oh, kilowatt right. if you yes. buy solar lease a solar panel in the um, like I was it was not a product. you know as a journalist my like BS meter is on all the time and yeah don't don't Google a lot of things take everything on Google with a grain of salt um so I so it was a, a mix of like telling you you had to live horribly and also like the tips he did give i did not think were good um he also says to pause your 401k contributions while you pay off debt which i think is like financial malfeasance um please never ever pause your don't don't throw away money don't throw away money your company is just going to give you for free that's 100 percent return on investment if they're matching it don't
2: don't throw that away Mm -mm, bad idea and compounding of interest
1: yeah, and, and like contributing that money in your twenties and thirties is worth so much more in the long run mm-hmm. than, than contributing it later on. And so yeah, so that drove me crazy. Um, and I came across a lot of a lot of personal finance books like that, like Susie Orman. Not I, I was not as I did not object as much to Susie, okay. but it was a sort of a similar. Um, I just felt like the tips weren't as relevant as they could be for for young people.
2: That's. That's great. And I I do feel like lately, Dave Ramsey has been getting a lot of heat because of saying one thing and doing another is just Mm -hmm. one of one of the issues. Um, But yeah, the credit card thing is interesting. There's all these little tricks that you assume people knew. Like I assumed my mother knew this. And when she found out I knew and hadn't told her, she was like, why did you? She was like why did you never tell me to do this? And I was like, well, you're older than me. And I assumed you knew these things. And she was like, no one, I called all my credit cards today. And yeah, there's like little things like that can save you money. Or like if you have a
1: hospital bill, you can call and be like, I'm paying, you know, I have this $2,000 bill from you guys that I have to pay out of pocket. And do you have any programs that could help me? And some people you might get connected to like a financial office that'll be like, yeah, we can just forgive that. Or, oh yeah. we Or if you're paying out of pocket, we can totally slash that. Like,
2: Yes, we can so, negotiate so many, the
1: price. Yeah, so many things where if you call and say, like, this is expensive, she'd be like, oh, yeah, we can do something about that.
2: Yeah, it's, I feel like a lot of people don't like to call and ask because it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So, and millennials hate making phone calls. I I, my, yes. I feel like my millennial superpower
1: is that I have no problem making phone yes. calls. I love calling and making a fuss. That's a, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, so, um, so I will say that's another uh, advantage that I've had in my personal finance journey is that I, I am not afraid to pick up the phone and be like, how can you help me?
2: And, and honestly, I think that's like, if you take one thing from our phone, our conversation today, you should take multiple things. But if you were to take one thing that's free, that you do nothing, it's, you can advocate for yourself by making a phone call and seeing if you can get a rate reduction or a price reduction. Because if you do that with all your vendors, you save a lot of money right there.
1: The wor- absolute worst thing that can happen is they'll go tap, 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 tap. No, you're not eligible for a rate decrease. And then you say, okay, thank you. They're not, not going to be like, and you're a bum and I'm judging you. <laughs> How dare you want to pay less interest on your debt? Why would you think
2: that? Right. They're not. They're, yeah. No one's going to know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a not, no judgment zone. And if that person to right. who cares? You don't know them. I remember when
1: I was talking, to was like, oh, this is a good idea and I need to do this.
2: <laughs> right. She's like, I totally likely. get it. Yeah, most likely they'll resonate with them too. Well, Jessica, this is so fun to talk about your personal finance journey and hear about the newsletter and the event. Uh, I super appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can find our most updated information on Instagram at Future Rich Podcast, and we will link all of Jessica's information in the show notes.